Hi everyone, it is now 5 p.m. on this Wednesday evening in Kingston, and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share, be sure to contact me via email at news at cfrc.ca. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to Today NYGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. As you know, the Kingston Canadian Film Festival is coming up quite shortly. Last week on Today in YGK, we spoke with Ryan Noth, who is a director, and he has a film in the festival called Drifting Snow, and that is a film shot right here, actually not in Kingston, but in Prince Edward County and the kind of surrounding area. So it'd be a pretty cool film to check out, you know, kind of see some familiar spots that maybe we're a little bit more used to than other people, but... We are so excited um, that KCFF is coming up here um, virtually too. It's amazing that they can put on a virtual festival for us this year. Obviously, we are going to miss the whole in-person experience, but nevertheless, KCFF has done it again and they have an amazing lineup of films and if you haven't gotten your tickets yet i would highly recommend you to do that asap you can go to kingcanfilmfest.com check out the lineup check out all the amazing films the great thing is that tickets are only 12 dollars, and you have the access code for the films for an entire week so you don't have to watch them at the time they're premiering but it could be definitely cool to do that and then the films are also followed by q a's with the directors of the film So I would highly recommend checking it out. Like I said, it's a really awesome way to just support a local Kingston organization, um, to support the arts, to support um, filmmakers, local filmmakers. Um, There's also, you know, local short films, youth short films, all that jazz. So I would totally um, visit the website kingcanfilmfest.com. But we are going to talk with another director for KCFF um, this year. Her name is Amelia Moses. She has um, a film coming up in the festival that's actually the opening night film. It's called Bloodthirsty. It is a horror film. It looks super interesting. And today we are going to speak with Amelia about this film, about her directorial work on it, and just about her career in general as a filmmaker, as a director. So let's welcome Amelia Moses to CFRC 101.9 FM. Thank you so much for joining me in our virtual studio today. Before we just jump right into the questions, would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm originally from Vancouver. I moved to Montreal like eight years ago and did the film production program at Concordia um, at the Mel Hoppenheim School of Cinema. Um, And I graduated in 2016. And kind of as I was finishing school, I made um, this body horror film, short film um, called Undress Me. And it was the first time I kind of decided to kind of delve more deeply into like horror as a genre, Mm -hmm. because it was a bit harder to do that at school, just because like, I think when you're in film school, you tend to people around you and everyone's kind of wants to kind of make the same thing. And Mm -hmm. um, certain films, you know, teachers also contribute to that. And there's lots of factors. So Um, It was kind of as I was finishing school that I felt a bit more confident to do what I wanted to do. Um, 
And then that was the first film that kind of played at more festivals and kind of got some reach in terms of audiences and viewership. And then I applied to the um, Telefilm Microbudget Grant, the Talent to Watch program, um, the first time in 2017 with um, my first film, uh, which is called Bleed With Me, uh, and didn't get accepted. Um, and then we applied again in 2018 and did get the money. So that's how I was able to make my first feature. And then from that, I got hired on Bloodthirsty, which is the film we're talking about mm -hmm. now. Awesome. That sounds really cool. Um, so like you said, you know, you have um, a film in the series KCFF that you directed Bloodthirsty, which is also the opening night film. And it's a female driven horror film, which is also your second feature. And I guess, you know, you touched on it very, very um, briefly, but why um, horror and what's kind of like the intrigue there um, since you have done most of your films kind of in that genre and why do you find yourself drawn to making films of this kind of subject matter? Yeah, I mean, I think it was, I grew up watching a lot of films because um, both my parents are big cinephiles but um, my dad especially was really into horror and would show me a lot of stuff like probably too young but <laughs> you kind of get obsessed with it um, and quite invested into it as a genre. Um, I think it's I like I like it for multiple reasons but I think it's very wide-reaching in the sense that there's like such a diverse amount of like subgenres and things you can explore you know there's lots of parts of horror I don't like but there's lots I do like mm -hmm. um, and I think it's just a really good um, jumping off point to explore things that are very real and very human but kind of in this genre um, so you're kind of like using or subverting these tropes and horror tropes and narratives that have you know been used also that predate um, cinema as well but to explore kind of more human things and for me that's usually being female driven stories as well um and kind of anxieties and fears like i've felt both as a woman and as a person and you know try to put those on screen but in a kind of horror package mm -hmm. yeah definitely that's a very good point um so yeah i've been reading up on your films on um, bloodthirsty and the one that you mentioned bleed with me and um a lot of like um reviews and stuff are saying that you know they have very like suspenseful and ambiguous first halves and then the story kind of unfolds and explains itself in the second half of the film um, and is that like with intention to leave the audience kind of on the edge of their seats yeah i mean it's hard to say because people always kind of you know you're not really thinking too much necessarily like of how it's going to be perceived or sometimes you have a little control over that obviously you you do are thinking about that as a director of how the audience is going to perceive things but um i guess for me i really the films i like to watch are ones that aren't necessarily clear-cut from the beginning um, and I think for me, a big thing I really like to concentrate on as a director is tone and atmosphere mm -hmm. and how, and I think kind of letting things be ambiguous in the beginning kind of drives that, like a, a feeling of unease is kind of my main goal, um, in terms of kind of setting up the atmosphere and tone of a film. Cause I'm not necessarily interested in things that are like straight up, like scary, mm -hmm. but things that are more like unsettling or just off putting and kind of like indescribably weird. And I think those are the films I'm drawn to um, as an audience. So that's kind of, I think, what feeds into my work. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I can see that too. Like I watched um, one of the scenes from, that was like featured on the KCFF website from Bloodthirsty mm -hmm. and definitely had that feeling of uneasiness and unsettling. <laughs> um, and then I also watched the trailer for Bleed With Me and it was so interesting. And like, I, I really want to watch it now. So. Yeah, <laughs> definitely got that there. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah, of course. Um, and with the film Bloodthirsty, what can you kind of tell us about it and what can people look forward to regarding the film? Yeah, so it follows kind of an indie singer who's having a bit of like writer's block and trying to like get her second album off the ground um and so she decides to she gets invited by this record producer to go make this um second album you know his kind of strange mansion in the woods <laughs> during the winter and brings her girlfriend charlie along with her as well and so it kind of focuses on the dynamics between these three characters um and how gray kind of becomes more drawn to this record producer character and um, becomes becomes more obsessed with uh, writing this album. And then there's this kind of monstrous element which is introduced. And so it kind of is looking at this juxtaposition between um, writing music and feeling more fulfilled writing music mm -hmm. um, as well, you know, um, these more monstrous things happening at the same time and this thirst for blood and for flesh. Interesting. Very cool. Um, yeah. And how was like the, like, you know, what's kind of like the most um, interesting part to like being a film director, especially with regards to the horror genre? What do you kind of enjoy the most from it? Yeah. I mean, in, in speaking generally, um, I really love collaborating with people. One of the most fun things about, you know, um, shooting a movie is just kind of bringing the people you want to bring on board and working with them and you know collaborating and and so much of the time like you're thinking of a million things as a director but you you're hiring people who are just focusing on the costumes or just focusing on um you know one character if they're an actor or whatever um so i really like how people can bring different ideas and then you kind of work together to find the best of things so that process is like really exciting for me as a director and i really enjoy it the horror genre I mean fake blood is lots of fun <laughs> on set I think less so for the actors but for me it's definitely like a big joy anytime there's like a bloody scene I get very very excited nice um yeah and you know with that and stuff you were saying like being able to you know work with people um on set and collaborate with others um how has the pandemic sort of like affected your career as a director and in the film industry? We obviously know that the industry has taken a hit and, you know, projects have been challenging or just sometimes nearly impossible, but how have you kind of um, managed to adapt or still create despite COVID-19? Yeah, I mean, I was lucky that I was able to shoot two films within a year of each other, which especially for mm -hmm. someone kind of very lucky. Um, and we actually finished Bloodthirsty end of March last, end of February last year, so just before kind of pandemic. So the way that was impacted was more to do with post-production um, and editing remotely. You know, I ended up having a few days in the sound mix and the color, but for the most part, it was all remote. Mm -hmm. um, that was mainly also because of um, everyone else was in Calgary and I was in Montreal. Um, but regardless, COVID impacted <laughs> that yeah. as well. Um, so I, it hasn't impacted me a lot because of just like naturally I'm in the more post-production end of, you know, things with both these projects. They're getting mm -hmm. the festival circuit and then release and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously it's going to, uh, I'm going to face it at some point in terms of being on set and what's that going to be like. I think for indie filmmakers, there's benefits in the sense you're small crews anyways, you know, and you're more contained and you could have everyone, you know, for Bleed With Me, we shot 
um, two hours north of Montreal. So everyone was staying on set pretty much anyways. So that's mm -hmm. like kind of a perfect COVID film in that right, sense. Right, yeah. Um, so the, the big Hollywood productions have have the money and um, have the money and resources to, you know, have people tested for COVID every day. And so there's kind of two sides. I think there's, it just depends on what kind of film you want to make. Mm -hmm, definitely. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, and what is the most interesting or rewarding project that you've been able to work on, like during the duration of your career? Yeah. I mean, hard to say, cause it still feels very early days. I haven't <laughs> made a lot of stuff. Um, but I think definitely shooting um, Bleed With Me um, was was really great because I'd also I was also working with people who I'd met in film school and people who'd worked on my short film as well. So it was really fun to collaborate again with a lot of those same people. And it was also my first feature, so that was incredibly exciting. But I think really doing a bigger scale thing with people who I'd already worked with before and already trusted um, was really exhilarating. Yeah, definitely. And what was sort of like the shift from moving from like short, like working on shorter films to like working on your first feature as a director? Like, was there, um, you know, like any major differences you felt um, kind of between the two different roles, I guess, or not roles, but I guess the length really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the biggest fear I had going into um, doing my first feature was like, just kind of keeping it all in my head in the sense that like with a short it's short enough that you can kind of envision the whole thing at once because it's more like manageable lengthwise whereas with a feature like you just can't picture how the whole thing will feel right. um or i was struggling with that at least moving into my first feature um and of course you shoot pretty much all was out of order you know um we did at least even though we we're in a single location just like uh, scheduling wise we had to shoot out of order so that was my biggest worry was kind of like how will this all fit into the mm -hmm. um you know into the edit and kind of think that micro and macro level whereas i feel like with a short it's so much more contained that you kind of can it's it's still hard but it's just a bit more simple to kind of keep it all in your head at mm -hmm. once yeah that totally makes sense no, this was really, really great. And thank you so much um, for um, coming on here and chatting with me about Bloodthirsty, about your other film too, Bleed With Me, and just like your um, career as a director. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course, no problem. Thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure, Amelia. Thank you so much for joining us on CFRC 101.9 FM today to talk about Bloodthirsty. It's premiering February 26th, folks, for KCFF. It's the opening night film. Go check it out. Go get your tickets. KingCanFilmFest.com, only $12. And CFRC is a proud sponsor of Bloodthirsty of the opening night film. So definitely check it out. It's definitely one to see. I personally got my tickets for it and I'm super stoked. And on that note, we're going to take a little bit of a quick break and listen to some music. I think this song is very fitting given the context of Bloodthirsty. This song is called Howl by Florence and the Machine. I hope you folks enjoy. That was Howl by Florence and the Machine on CFRC 101.9 FM. We just spoke with Amelia Moses, film director of Bloodthirsty, opening night film of KCFF, Kingston Canadian Film Festival. Friday, February 26th, the film is showcasing itself at KCFF and you folks should totally go check it out. Get your tickets today. 
Um, but thank you so much for tuning in to Today in YGK. We just have a couple of local news updates for you folks. Also, we hope that you've been kind of enjoying these snowy weather we've been having over the past few days, to be honest. Ever since Monday morning, it's really been coming down here. But just remember to stay safe, to stay warm, um, and just be sure that you're also driving safe out there, folks. I know that the roads are a little bit dangerous, a little bit slippery, so just be cautious, be wary, um, um, don't, you know, distract yourself while driving with whatever that may be, food, drink, phones, and whatnot. Um, just remember to stay safe. But yeah, moving on to some local news updates for you folks. Utilities Kingston has released the 2020 annual reports on drinking water quality. The reports are prepared in response to Ontario Regulation 170 of the Safe Drinking Water Act. Ontario has strict water quality standards which Utilities Kingston continually meets and exceeds. The drinking water system reports detail how the systems operate. There are a series of filtration, treatment, monitoring, and backup systems in place to continually supply high-quality drinking water to every home and business within the urban area of Kingston. The 2020 reports show test results for the King Street Water Treatment Plant and Point Pleasant Water Treatment Plant and the Canna Water Treatment System. Copies of the report are now available without charge from Utilities Kingston at City Hall, 216 Ontario Street and on the Utilities Kingston website. Today, the City of Kingston officially launched the naming campaign for the Third Crossing, which will seek to recognize and honor Indigenous culture and history in the Kingston and area. We know that as a city, we need to broaden our understanding of Kingston's history by incorporating more Indigenous stories and to facilitate a community dialogue that prioritizes reconciliation, says Mayor Brian Patterson. The naming of the new bridge is one step towards these important goals. It will encourage further conversation and education and is an exciting opportunity to celebrate the contributions of the local Indigenous community. In July 2020, Kingston City Council committed to naming what is now called the Third Crossing in a way that reflects and celebrates the stories and contributions of Indigenous communities, both past and present. The City of Kingston is proud to celebrate the history of Indigenous peoples who have been caretakers of these lands since time immemorial, says Jennifer Campbell, who is the Manager of Cultural Heritage. As a city, we are committed to strengthening our relationships with nations, Indigenous communities and Indigenous residents, and continuing to work in partnership along a shared path. The naming consultation will begin with discussions with Indigenous nations with historical and enduring ties to the area, including Alderville First Nation and Tyendinaga Mohawk Council, as well as with interested members of the local Indigenous community. This will be followed by a broader consultation with Kingston residents around proposed names and their meanings. Community input will then be brought back to the nations, Indigenous communities, and Indigenous residents, and a name will be selected and then shared with the City Council for affirmation through a report by the end of 2021. The consultation process on the naming is the responsibility of the City of Kingston and is being facilitated with the support of First Peoples Group. We are excited to be guiding the engagement for the naming of the Third Crossing and are looking forward to working with nations, Indigenous residents, and Kingston community members to bring forward a name that honours Indigenous culture and history and that reflects the meaningful relationships being built in Kingston, says Melissa Hamill, the Vice President of the First Peoples Group.
The city is committed to working with Indigenous peoples and all residents to pursue a united path of reconciliation. The city of Kingston acknowledges that we are on the traditional homeland of the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, and the Huron-Wendat, and thank these nations for their care and stewardship over this shared land. You can learn more about the city's reconciliation in initiatives, um, and you can also learn more about the naming process on the Third Crossing website at thirdcrossing.cityofkingston.ca. Offer input on improvements to an existing park and a new park in Kingston's Cataraqui North Subdivision, Burt Munier Common and Max Crescent Park. Residents are invited to attend an interactive virtual meeting where staff will introduce the projects. For Burt Munier Common, staff will receive input about a proposed basketball court, playfield, and pathway. For Max Crescent Park, options for a new playground will be shown. Feedback may be provided at the meeting or in an upcoming Get Involved poll. Residents can offer feedback in the following ways. You can register to participate in the virtual engagement session 6 to 7 p.m. on Thursday, March 4th. You will receive a registration confirmation via email with a link to the webinar. You can also send your comments to the project manager by email at psharp, which is p-s-h-a-r-p-e at cityofkingston.ca. From March 4th to March 25th, you can go to Get Involved Kingston, which is just cityofkingston.ca slash getinvolved, to view project plans and complete a quick poll to let staff know which playground layout and equipment options you prefer. And if you wish to follow along, the meeting will be closed captioned and live streamed on the City of Kingston YouTube channel. For more information or to submit feedback on the proposed improvements, please contact psharp at cityofkingston.ca.